<laughs> I should say that. <laughs> I've lived a wild life, my friend. Ha- That's a lie, but okay. <laughs> Your wife has not been wild whatsoever. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, thank you. You are about to enter another episode of the Traveling Hoopers. We're back for season four. This is season four, guys. Is it really? Yeah, it's season four, bro. That's kind of nuts. It's not going to lie to you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's special. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you know, bro. Anyway, first episode, you know, we already got to talk about. It's uh, off season. We what? How many days we in to... Uh, four days in the free agency, and then there was the NBA draft. The NBA draft was like five days ago or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So what? Day then, four. What? Day four free agency. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. All right. So you know, most of the big transactions out of the way, except you know, like Anthony Davis and whatnot. But they rich. We already know where they're going. They rich, rich. They rich, rich. Yep. Right. Yeah. So what y'all thinking? Winners, losers, biggest moves. Um, uh, if I say a winner, it's obviously going to be the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are a winner. I'm not a big Chris Paul fan. I mean, I, I'm okay. Let me show you that. I'm a big Chris Paul fan for like what he does for like outside of basketball. Um, his game is like fine. Like I'm fine with his game. He's uh he's just a point guard that'll never win a championship, you know. He's he's uh he's hit the ceiling of where his capabilities are on the basketball court. He's just a fine point guard to me, to me personally. Uh but he is what Devin Booker needs to elevate his career and elevate his game. Um and so Phoenix Suns made some other moves, excuse me, outside of that, which will also benefit them especially in comparison to how they played last year, but it's just to add on how they ended up the ended the year last year as well. Um, and then another winner, I would say, honestly, another winner, I would say, including the draft, would be the Golden State Warriors for, you know, they, is, is, they took an L because of the whole Clay Thompson thing, but disregard, I don't want to say disregarding that because you can't really disregard that, but... With, even with that being the case, they still did a lot in terms of filling in holes, right? And we're going to like, like Steph Curry doesn't have an excuse this year to not make the playoffs. Let's just say that, right? You have Kelly Oubre. He's solid. He's going to get the job done at least. You know what I mean? Wiseman's the big man they needed. Draymond Green doesn't have any excuse like he had last year uh, in terms of, you know, uh, at least producing to a decent level, an average level um, in terms of rebound points and assists. Um the the Golden State Warriors should make the playoffs. Like honestly, they should make the playoffs. Uh, and then another winner that that comes off the top of my head is also the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh yeah. Um, Drew Holiday is nice. Like people who are like, this is a big three with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis. Like Drew Holiday, it's like this. He's better than Chris Middleton on both ends of the floor offensively arguably but definitely defensively so if you could stop like just the option of pulling Giannis off the best defender and putting Drew Holiday on them and then putting Giannis on the second best player on defense is going to make such a big difference that I think it's 
I think it's been severely understated to this point. Um, so I think they're also a winner also, or that's a, that's a lot of also's. I think there is a winner as well. Um, and then, you know, I think past that you can make arguments for winners, but those for me are the clear cuts. I don't know how you don't have the Lakers. How you didn't say the Lakers? I feel like the Lakers got better in this year. Like, they make some weird trades, but they have enough people to hold. Like, Dwight, I mean, like I like Dwight Howard a lot in that position with the Lakers. Before they'll be <laughs> what they got, Marcus All now and like Jordan Bell. I mean, the only reason I didn't say the Lakers is because I think it's hard to say. I think it's hard to say somebody got better or somebody like they made adequate uh or more than adequate adjustments outside of the or after 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 a championship year i like like the other teams aren't champions and like they're gonna go from like a, two of the ones i did were going from non-playoffs teams to playoffs teams right yeah uh in golden state and then milwaukee potentially has like really good in the east like all-time good in the whole entire NBA, the the I wouldn't put the Lakers up there with that because the Lakers would go from championship possibly to championship again, and so like they didn't make as significant of strides as uh, these other three teams, and that's why I personally didn't put them up there. Reasonable statement. What about you, Calvin? Um. So let's see who I think won. Well. Golden State looks like they might, like previously mentioned, looks like they might actually be competitive. Um, they got Wiseman in the draft. Even though, like, I'm, my understanding was they weren't really trying to use that pick. They would have rather, like, traded or something. But, like, if they kept the pick, it was, like, with Wiseman, it's one of them things, like, it made too much sense not to do. Like, it made too much sense for them to get Wiseman. For them to, that was a pick that was basically impossible to mess up. Um... I think, oh, um, at least in this early stage, I think that both um, the Nuggets and Jeremy Grant lost free agency. Um, Jeremy Grant won free agency. He got that bag. That's what we talked about. That's it. No, but here's here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Because my understanding was that the money that um, Detroit was going to pay him the Nuggets were going to pay him the same amount. And the reason I say it is because, like, you left the championship contender. I guess you want to play a bigger role, but you left the championship contender and you didn't make them pay more than the, than, than, than the Nuggets were prepared to pay you. I'm not excited to see Jeremy Grant in the larger role. Like, I mean, honestly, though, but, like... I like him. The Pistons made moves some are suspect but like other like but a good amount of them are like legitimately like solid moves you know what i mean like getting jeremy grant's a solid move for the pistons to put him alongside blake griffin and then you know uh the only i think they made a lot of good moves the only suspect move is to pay mason Plumley that mason Plumley that much money for four years or for three or four years they paid him too much money and that is but like Mason Plumlee is a journeyman, but he's getting paid more than a journeyman's amount right now. 
But also, the journeymen right now are getting paid more than everybody. If you include, are not getting paid more than everybody, but they're getting paid more than any other journeyman in NBA history. Just like you know, you saw Jordan Clarkson get that that you know significant amount of money from the Utah Jazz. Like journeymen are getting paid good money, and they're taking advantage of it. Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, you know Jordan Clarkson, they're all they're getting ridiculous money just to be, just to be coming off the bench for whatever reason. You know what I mean? But I do think the Pistons did pretty pretty decent this uh, offseason. If we're talking about quote unquote journeymen getting the bag, let's talk about Gordon Hayward. But I wouldn't consider Gordon Hayward a journeyman though because he's only been on two teams. That's why I said quote unquote. Like it's more of a joke. Like that that man just showing up for the bag at this point, right? Like going to like he left Boston. I get like role, but like you you left your chance of. Like at least sniffing a championship. Does he went to Charlotte, right? Yeah. Does jump? Does Michael Jordan have some kind of like love for white players? I've look. I've been confused by that for so long because he kept drafting the same player. Like you, like if the first one didn't work out, and I don't mean like in a derogatory sense, but I feel like Tyler Zeller and Frank Kaminsky was it too much of a difference? No, he he, he got Cody. Or was it Tyler or Cody? I, I think it was Cody. Yeah, it was Cody. He, neither of them are special. He got Cody at Indiana. Yeah, he, he was. Uh, that blew me away. And I, I don't know. Like I'm not like, why does Michael Jordan keep getting the same players? Except I do think having, okay, having uh, Gordon Hayward and then having uh, what's his name from KU. Uh, Devontae Graham. Having Devontae Graham is going to, those two are going to do wonders for the growth of LaMelo Ball specifically, though. I will say that. Like that, that, that is true, though, because uh, it will, it will alleviate some pressure from him in terms of scoring. And I think that's going to be incredibly impactful on the growth of LaMelo in a positive direction, though. So, like, if that was his goal, then I'm, I'm all for it. But, I'm pretty sure that wasn't his goal. <laughs> is, is the issue? I'm like, I don't want to say I have I've lost all faith in Michael Jordan as a GM. Is he GM or he's owner? But is he GM too? I, I think he relinquished uh, GM rights like a while ago. All right, but he he makes too many decisions. Yeah. Uh, but it's I don't know what his rationale is. Let's just say for why he or why the Charlotte Hornets draft the way they do. But if it's like if he's drafting all these players to relieve. Lamelo Ball and like help Lamelo Ball grow, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Oh, real quick, I will say this. I think a really understated pickup in this uh, whole debacle of free agency and whatever. Steven Adams to the Pelicans is big. I do think. Sorry, say one more time. No, go on with that because um, I don't exactly like the fit to begin with, just with Zion because I'm not sure how much space you really need to have him around rim to be effective. Um, so they are a okay so I mean it's an upgrade from what they had last year for sure. Oh yeah. One yeah. in terms of age and in terms of athleticism and Steven Adams has a really high basketball IQ. Like I think that's understated about his game. 
So, like, he knows what he's doing, and he knows his role and does it to perfection. Um, in terms of space, I think they're going to be fine in terms of space because they made some moves, and, you know, they don't have George Hill anymore, but they kept Eric Bledsoe for the backup point guard role. And, you know, they, you know, you know Zion and Zion is probably going to space his game out a little more. Uh, Brandon Ingram has done that. Lonzo Ball has done that. They still have JJ Redick. Like, they have enough players to do that. But I think that if you're going to do an upgrade from Derek Favors, you might as well get a player who plays similar like him, except Steven Adams is only 27 years old. He's not old whatsoever. And he's and you 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 watch OKC games. He's physically, he's crazy strong. Ridiculous. So, so and I also think Derek Favors wasn't strong defensively. So I think they want a lot, you know, they're they're a quick team, they're a fast team, and that's gonna be the way they play again this upcoming season. But I think they wanted to lock it down more defensively as well. And if you have uh, a front court of Zion or backcourt, whatever it is, I don't know. If you, if you have the four or five of Zion and you have it of Steven Adams, that's ridiculous, honestly. And then, you know, everybody else is going to play solid, solid defense around, the, around them. Like, that's, a, that's, that's, that's good, you know what I mean? And yeah. I do think in terms of just, like, elevation of where you want to go next year, that is a good thing. And I also didn't see the Mavericks make one move. I'm, they, they did trade um, yeah. Seth Curry. Speaking of which, oh, they I just, feel like... For Philly, I feel like that is an important pickup. They need to do more, of course. But, like, if you're assuming they continue to want to try and, like, make Embiid and Simmons work, they have to get more shooting. And Curry gives them some of that. Um, like, it won't be enough by itself, but it's an important thing. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Um, the 76ers, and to have Dwight Howard as a backup center is a solid move also. Mm-hmm. If he can imitate anything he did in this past season. Um, if he starts going back to Wizards Dwight Howard, then he will be on the league in less than two years, guaranteed. Um, but yeah, the 76ers did need that shooting 100%, though. Hey, that's, that's Seth Curry um, effect. Like, he might not have a ton of gravity, and that is really just defensive spot because we. Like the Mavs, like we ate so many people up last year just because of him, bro. Like when he got hot, it was he was almost shooting like fifty percent from three at some point. Like he was, he was killing. I mean, I'm not mad at him as a player. I'm fine with him as a player. He's just a he's just a journeyman to me. He's Jordan Clarkson. He's Jordan Clarkson gets hot like that too. You know what I mean? Like they're the same kind of players. He, uh, he's a poor man, Steph. Yeah. He's what? Like he's he's a shooter. I I would argue. Or at least I'd use the phrase, even if it's not completely accurate. He's kind of just a poor man's Steph. If like, we look accurate, we're going to say a poor man's, like, J.J. Reddick. Cause, yeah, because, yeah, like, Steph is, Steph is too crafty with the ball. Because Steph is, Steph is, like, I don't like him because I think he ruined basketball forever. But, like, he is very crafty with the ball. He can, like, get to the rim and do, like, these wild finishes and all kind of stuff. Seth is just a shooter. 
<laughs> like he's JJ Reddick, come off the screen, pop, shoot. You know what I mean? Like he, like he, he actually plays more like Clay Thompson than he goes. If you're gonna be honest with you, in terms of offense, that's fair. And he can shoot that bitch. He can shoot it. That's all they need him to do. That's very true. Um, I got a question though. Um, so how do y'all feel about Obi Toppin going to the Knicks in in the draft? Um, I think positionally, I don't have an issue with that. I think they're going to have some problems defensively down the line, but, uh, I don't know. I'm interested. I didn't watch a ton of Obi Toppin at Dayton, so I don't have a lot for you, but people say he's nice in the draft, so. He, I mean, he is good. The Knicks just have a lot of Fords, so they, yeah. probably, they didn't need a Ford, uh, they did, they, yeah, they didn't need they, they didn't need any forwards. Uh, he is gonna be good for them. He's gonna be good for the city itself, advertisement, sponsorships, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, but you know, is he gonna be good for the city, or is the city gonna be good to him? No, he's he's from there. He's gonna be good to the city. Wait, he's he's he's, he's, from, from, he's from New York. Yeah, yeah, he's oh, he's from New York. Oh, he's from New York. So he's gonna be good for the city. You know, hometown story because the Knicks never win championships, so they need like underlying storylines. Um, and so, like in the context of that, it's going to be good. In basketball sense, the Knicks have too many forwards, not enough good guards, um, so they probably could have drafted a little bit differently. But I think he's going to be a good pro. He's going to be a good pro. Yeah. He's going to be super That's soft. Probably it. a career starter, or at least close to. Well, he. The thing is, though, he works hard. And I think he's, and if I remember right, he's kind of old. He's uh, 22. So, like, but but he works hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that is what it is. He works hard. Um, so, like, when you work hard, eventually he might get that Mason Plumley check. Who knows? But, you know what I mean? But, well, <laughs> he's already well, 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 Plumley, though. I mean, the fact that Mason Plumley is still in the league is ridiculous to me. And, get, and the fact that he got paid this much money is even more ridiculous to me. But you know, to each his own. Yeah. Athletic like, seven foot one will always have a check as long as you can move. You will always have a check. I mean, he's not a bad player by any means. He, he does his role well, but I blame Tristan Thompson. Tristan Tristan Thompson started this whole trend of if you do your role well, you get paid obscene amounts of money. Also, oh. Tristan Thompson to the Celtics. Tristan Thompson to the Celtics. Underrated move. Loki solid pickup. Solid pickup. We just don't see much of him because he's in Cleveland, but uh, now because LeBron James is gone. But that's a solid pickup, and that's going to be like beneficial for them for sure. Yeah. Um, what was it? I think last year. At least not uh, solid ones they could keep on the floor. That's a white guy. But I'd asked about Toppin, like y'all said, because I was, um, because kind of like, on one hand, it's a good pick because, like, he's a good player. In fairness, the only game I really caught of his was against Kansas, and, like, he was, he was a problem. Like, Kansas won because, <laughs> like, two, like, their two best players just, like, took over the game in overtime, but, like, it was, a, but, um, but it's just kind of like, like y'all said, they have a crap ton of forwards already. It's just 
Like they 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 gotta have something else in mind. They're like they should if they have any sense. Um, I'm not sure about the the city necessarily being good to him though, for no other reason than like a little while ago I watched a documentary about Mulberry, and like going to the city didn't like going to his hometown ain't work out so great for him. Um, yeah, but you know, hopefully, you know, it turns out better for Toppin. Yeah, Marbury also was like no, like notoriously didn't have dis, dis, discipline. So like he like like notoriously. So uh, this guy seems to have discipline. Listen, you gonna be in the draft crying that that your home team got your kind of stuff and go in there and play games? Then like, come on now. Like you gonna be crying like that? You better go in there with heart. And he's like known to be a hard worker because to get to the point to where he is, he had to work extremely hard. So um, uh, I have decently high expectations for him. But like, I had higher expectations for Kevin Knox, and look where he's at. So <laughs> he's still on the Knicks, isn't he? Yeah, he's still on the Knicks. And but the fact you have to say he's still on the Knicks, isn't he? It's not good. <laughs> I can't I argue think, with it. I'm not sure what's up with the Knicks. I think it's the fact that their fan base boos almost every decision that they make that they internally just self hate and destroy themselves every year. So I think this. Is- I think this is the thing with the Knicks, right? One, like at this point, no one wants to play for the Knicks because the Knicks are trash. They've been trash for functionally as long as I can remember at this point, except for like two years when they had Carmelo and Lamar Stoudemire. They've been trash otherwise, all right? So it's like, yeah, it's a big market, and like people like to live, like like the idea of living in New York, but like nobody wants to play for the Knicks. Dolan is still the owner. All right. And he's been the owner the entire time and they've been hot garbage the entire time. Um, besides that, also, like their fan base, my understanding is kind of um, very ignorant. I think ignorant is not the word I'm looking for here. I'm going to say okay. um, I mean, like you might not be wrong, but that's not really um, I mean, they, you could probably use the word delusional in terms of like, but like they're not unique in that. But like. I guess kind of hot and cold. Like, I guess if they, if you're, if, like, the team is good, they'll love, absolutely love the team, but otherwise, like, they're just, like, you suck, nothing you do is right, you all are terrible players, it doesn't matter the fact that you made an all-star, you're hot garbage because the team is trash, and, like, doesn't, like, you don't want to deal, like, players aren't going to want to deal with that. In addition to, like, playing in a trash organization, like, the, the fan base is trash. The organization is trash. Why would I want to play for them? I like this passion from you, uh, Calvin. <laughs> um, but also, in currently, if you want to just play basketball in New York, you can just go to Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like you, like New York. The Knicks aren't the only option. You can literally just go to Brooklyn and play, and be like, oh, I'm still in New York though. And like, they have a better. They have a more a better, more recent documented history of winning. Uh, they have owners who are willing to spend money, uh, owners who seem to care more about that kind of stuff. And in terms of just, like, the ownership and, you know, the willingness to win, they have, like, you know, more going for them than the Knicks do. And that's going to be a hindrance on the Knicks getting anybody for years to come. Like, it just started, but for years to come, that's going to be the thing. And Brooklyn yeah. knows Jay-Z, so. 
Yeah, and I'm just like, I don't know. The Knicks just suck. What, like, what's a Knickerbocker? You know what I mean? Like, what is that? Look, like, they're just garbage to me. Like, as, a, as an organization, I just think they were just whack. But um, also, speaking of Brooklyn, James Harden won't be going there. But if he did, that wouldn't work. So. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. So, what was it? I'm sure, like, y'all were following along that Harden wants to be traded and Westbrook wants to be traded. Um, and I don't know. These things may or may not be related. Like, what do y'all think about that whole situation? I think it's a lot of people saying... I think it's a lot of, like, word of mouth, and some of it might possibly not be true. Mm-hmm. But let's say, for instance, it is. I'm not surprised, because James Harden I can't win there. They don't have the capabilities of winning there. Russell Westbrook, if he did, if it's actually true that he wants to leave... Uh, he can't blame nobody else to blame it on himself because he was not looking good last year, like, at all. Like, he looked less explosive. I don't know if he was hurt, but he looked less, he looked less explosive. He Everything that he did well, he did not do well this past year. Uh, and even when it came to numbers, year, he did that worse than anything else also. So, you know, I, I just think that I don't know if it's true. If they, I, I just don't know if it's true if they want to leave or not. I think that's what it is. Because, like, you have all these people, like, journalists make up stories. Hmm. Like, no, like, it's been known for years that if you got nothing to write about, they would, they would just make something up, essentially. They have one thing of evidence, and instead of looking for more evidence, they would go, oh, looks like, looks like somebody wants to get out of town. You know what I mean? And, like, like and nowadays, it's not even, like, credible evidence. It's, like, somebody bought a house in another, in another city, or someone likes a certain post on Instagram, oh, they're trying to get out of here. You know what I mean? So I'm not even sure if that point's true, unfortunately. I, if I may, though, I'm, well, granted, in fairness, I didn't, outside of the bubble, I didn't watch Rockets games. Matter of fact, I don't think I even watched the playoff games. But, um, like, numbers-wise, Westbrook was fine last year. Like, he put up, what was it? It wasn't a triple-double, but it was, what, 27 points, 7 assists, right at 8 rebounds a game, and 1.6 steals. Like, I mean, his three-point shooting wasn't good, but it basically never is. So... I think it was more like if you, to me at least, like, mm -hmm. when I watched them play, it didn't seem synchronized. It didn't seem, seem in sync. It didn't seem, you know, cohesive. Like, yeah, he still got those numbers, but they weren't clean numbers. They weren't as clean as they were in Oklahoma City. And I, I'm not sure because he wasn't running the team or he had a different position, you know, being the number two option and fitting off somebody else. Because even when KD was there in, o- in OKC, KD fed off him. He didn't feed off KD. So I'm not sure if that, like, kind of had, like, a mental block on him in some kind of way, shape, or form. But it didn't seem like, like... Chris Paul and James Harden seem much more clean than Westbrook and James Harden, and that's just like the eye test. You know what I mean? Like, I, like just, that's just from watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think what it might be is that, um, like, their play styles, Harden and Westbrook, don't like the thing is like what both of them they can synergize. Like, their play styles can synergize fairly well with other players. 
Um, but like they wouldn't work. I think it was a this was a concern. I think even before the season started, like they might not necessarily work that well together. It's like they both need the ball, and like the thing is, they they both need the ball. And Harden will spend a lot of time like doing a bunch of stuff just to like <laughs> travel into a three point shot. Um, and like Westbrook, like ever since he got in the league, is this thing where it's like he he wants to do everything. He wants to do everything all the time. The thing is, while he was in OKC, he got really, really good at it. But like, I think, and especially like if you're if he's trying to get to a point where like he's competing on like a champ, like on a championship team with other quality teammates that like aren't like whether they are super ball dominant or not, like he doesn't and probably shouldn't be trying to do everything like he tends to do and tends to want to do. For sure, for sure. But I think that's his game. Like, in a way, Westbrook is... The way he plays is almost like an offense in itself, just because there's mm-hmm. going to be so many actions that come off of mm-hmm. There's, like, no one person I can think of outside of, like, Drew Holiday or somebody, Patrick Beverly for that point, that can, like, stop him like, every possession, or at least, like, hold him to something, so. I think one of the things that... He can't shoot for real, so it's it's hard for him to do anything else besides, like, go do what you can do. I I just, I, I, I just think I don't like it when players can't change their game in the NBA. Like, like, and not just, like, and not, I'm not saying this change your game for any kind of reasons. I'm just, like, like, adjust your game. You know what I mean? Like, adjust your game for the betterment of the team. And I think it bothers me when people can't do that because they're so – I don't want to say they're hard-headed because I don't know, I don't know them as individuals, but it seems to be hard-headed to me that I want the game to adjust to me. I don't want to adjust my game – or I want the team to adjust to me. I don't want to adjust to the team. And that's never a good thing when it comes to winning. And, like, yeah, you might make the playoffs. Yeah, you might make a deep in playoffs. But more than likely, you ain't going to win, like, the whole thing. You know what I mean? I think saying that almost sim- simplifies it to a point because I, you can't convince me that Russell Westbrook doesn't work on his game or at least is not in the gym. Like, you can't convince me like he doesn't have like some sort of work ethic. Like something has to be. I don't know what it is, but you shoot at this point. Like it's it's been twelve seasons. You just gotta do what you can do. We'll say, but I'm not saying he's gotta adjust. Athletic dude. I'm not saying you gotta adjust your game. I'm not saying okay. First of all, I'm not saying like his work ethic's bad. Like I don't. I'm not in the court. I'm not in the gym with that man. I'm saying no. I'm not in the gym with that man. I'm assuming his work ethic's good because he's in the NBA and he's a superstar in the NBA, right? So I'm assuming his work ethic's good. Obviously, like I'm never gonna say a man at that level's work ethic is bad because I'm over here eating chips off my chest. You know what I mean? Like why would I say that? But when, but. You don't need to grab every rebound. You don't need to, like, play on the ball. Play off the ball. Like, I, I hated that with Carmelo, too, for a while. I didn't hate Carmelo Anthony, but I hated that he didn't adjust his game uh, well enough for other teams. He's still the ISO player with the ball with his hands too much, but he's done it much better. He's done, he's done it much better with Portland than he did all the other teams. 
But in the and we see the results of that. Let's just say that we see the results of him adjusting. And like, why did he? Why did he need to seemingly become a journeyman and he need to need to get knocked out the league or blackballed out the league, whatever, for a year for him to come back and do that? Like, it's unfortunate. Like he should. First of all, he shouldn't be out the league for a year, right? Like, there's no inference or bust about that. He should have been in the league because man, he could have played for. I don't know. It's a trash team. He could play for the Hornets. You know what I mean. He could play for the Hornets. He could like easily. Like he could have got buckets, but for you know political reasons, he he was out the league for a year. But when he comes back, you do see an adjustment in his game, to where he it, it was less of me 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 ISO 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 and more of you know fluidity of the game. Let's say that, and he let other people just take over and flow into the rhythm. I'll leave you with a philosophical question. What is there to change when your game is your game? Is that supposed to be deep? No, it's not supposed to be deep. Okay. This is like a question in the pond. Like, so, okay. It is what it is. I'm, well, <laughs> all right, thinking about Westbrook for a second and like, I'm going to try and come back to that. That's a very odd question. But, um, like, I think the thing with Westbrook and like why it might be hard for him to change his game right? Is it like he I think this might be a good way to describe it. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but like he's the ultimate hustle player if you will. Like he and like he, I have to assume given the the kind of stats he'll put up that he basically likes playing the entire game pretty much, right? So like he gives 110% every time and in that 110%, there's a lot of skill there. And so, like, he puts up crazy numbers and does everything. But, like, and so, like, and, like, one of the issues of trying to change his game, um, like, if I'd imagine if you're the coach, is, like, you almost have to be, like, like you like you'll, you basically have to go up to a dude, right? After preaching, you know, you got to hustle and do all the dirty stuff and whatever. And, like, got to be comfortable with an ugly and this, that, and the third, and be like, hustle less. And not only is that a weird, like, not only is that a weird hill to have to die on, right, but, like, it basically undermines everything any player has ever been, like, told to do for their entire life playing basketball. Um, And so... As a coach or what have you, you're in a, it's, it's just a weird spot to be in with Westbrook. It's like, it's kind of like you need to, like, do less or at least, like, focus your energies on certain things more than others. Like you said, you don't necessarily need to, like, try and grab every rebound because, like, you on the fast break is kind of serious. Um, but, like, you're trying to do everything and to force stuff sometimes is not helping you win. Like, well, no, that that you're saying that makes, makes me curious about this question that came mm-hmm. to mind. Mm-hmm. The more successful a basketball player gets, right? Do they become less coachable because of they because of them reaching that position? Because you know, to be to 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 get to that level, you have to be coachable. But then once let's say, let's use Westbrook as an example. But then once you get to the NBA and you've been doing a one thing, essentially, 
right? Hustling extra hard and being that guy for 12 years, do you become less coachable because it's ingrained into you at that point? Um, so I think what it is, right? Is is that I, I don't necessarily think it's that you're less coachable. One, I think it's like, of course, this like you get to the NBA and it's like it's grown men now, and like Indeed. grown men aren't gonna behave the same the same as like college kids or high school kids. Um, but also, like I think one of the things like when you get successful, like when you have that success with like your game and whatever, is just like part of the sell of getting someone to change their game is is like to be more successful. But it's like you have, but like, there's a part of the like, doing this is what got me here, and stuck in your ways, right? Hmm. Stuck in your way. Well, I think that's more of a thing. Like, as players get older, like as they like reach about the end of their prime, roughly like mid thirties, or like not mid thirties, but like when they hit thirty ish, is like it's like the thing is like, and like it's not necessarily them. You'll see it in like real life too. It's like the thing is. While change is not always easy, change, like, you can, like, a player can always adjust their game. Like, and a person can always kind of adjust their behavior. It's not necessarily the easiest thing to do. But one of the issues with trying to do that for a lot, with a lot of people is getting past that block of I am who I am. Um, which, especially with, like, basketball is, like, one of those things that gets kind of emphasized for players. Like, at a certain point, like, everybody talks about, like, he's, like, he's just kind of, like, what you got now is, like, all you're really going to get. Like, he is who he is. Like, there is no improvement. There's no change in the game. He is who he is. And, like, I think people, I think people in general tend to, like, buy into that whole, the whole notion of when they reach a certain point, they aren't going to be able to change. It's so situational, too, right? Because, it could be a good thing and it could be a bad thing, literally just depending on what situation you're in. And when I say that, like, yeah, LeBron James won a championship this year, right? Like, playing the way LeBron James has played for how long has he been in the league? Uh, 17 years? Like, LeBron James won a championship this year. But LeBron James, do, but you can make an argument because LeBron James played like LeBron James that he stifled the growth of the team he had in Los Angeles before Anthony Davis got there. And you can kind of see that for how, you know, they thrived uh, when they got to New Orleans. Like, you can make that argument that it's a good thing or it's a bad thing, but I think it just depends on what the, what the priorities are, right? LeBron James' priorities weren't to make the team them better. His Because if it was making them better, he would play more off the ball. But LeBron James doesn't play off the ball. LeBron James plays on the ball. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, he's like, well, we can put LeBron James as a point guard. You heard all that, you know, rhetoric after, you know, whatever. And I think it's situational because if LeBron James doesn't get Anthony Davis, that I'm personally still saying that, and you that that, that rhetoric is still out there of LeBron James still, or LeBron James needs to change his game to help elevate his teammates you know but he got he but he ended up you know because of good ownership and good coach or good uh gms that he was put into a different situation to where lebron james could be lebron james and be successful so i think that's when gms and owners like 
really need to be at their best to put their players in the best situations. So you don't have conversations about this and make because you're essentially making players like Russell Westbrook, for example, look bad because you're surrounding them in, or you're putting them in situations to where you're questioning their ability more than the, the, the than the team around them. Does that make sense? Or the situation they're in, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I think that, well, one, I disagree. Like, I think LeBron changed his game over time. Like, Le- like LeBron of this year. Added to his game. Um, I don't know. Probably some of both. Like, this is kind of like, one, like, something I saw recently. Like, one of the things with LeBron is, like, he literally just wasn't, like, in the bubble and what have you. Like, he was literally, he he wasn't running around as much. One, and which is just an adjustment he's made because, like, he's getting older. Conserve your energy. Um, pick your spots, right? Which is just, like, a smart thing to do. But, but like, um, he, even as we, even if I say that, I'm not necessarily, like, it's not necessarily like he's necessarily changed to accommodate other people. It's kind of like, it's more of changes to continue doing some version of what you've always done. Um, but I'm, in fairness, I'm not really sure how much he got in the way of the, the, those young players' development, but like, um, he, I mean, he probably didn't help. I mean, I, the only reason I say that is, if you look at them now, are any of those players catch-and-shoot players? No. LeBron James had the ball in his hands too much in those situations, like, during that time span, year, year and a half, two years, whatever it was. Like, LeBron James had the ball in his hands too much, and he needed to get the ball. He needed to play off the ball more. And, like, that was a pretty mo- – that was a decent consensus amongst, you know, smart basketball fans at the time. Uh, but, once again – he he wasn't in that situation long enough to where people questioned, or the, 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 the general public, I would say, questioned, like, his mental fortitude or his intellect or his I, or basketball IQ. It's not to intellect, his basketball IQ. You know what I mean? So, like, it's, it's interesting uh, that we are even having this conversation about Westbrook, and it's probably a good thing that, he might get traded or whatever to put him in a situation to be more successful. Like put Westbrook, put Westbrook in a situation to where these conversations don't happen. Cause in OKC, these conversations weren't happening because he was able to do his thing. Russell Westbrook's not a tier one or tier two player. He's not a, a, a B player. He's an A player, a tier one player who needs to run a team. That's, that's, that's what he, that's what he is. That's what's in him. So instead of having us, or instead of putting him in situations to where we're over here saying, you know, he needs to adjust his game, or can he adjust his game? The, just the questioning of can he adjust his game, he needs to be in a situation to where his game thrives. And so the Clippers. His, but the thing is, I don't think his, I don't think his, I don't think he would thrive as a Clipper because Paul George could play off of him. Can mm-hmm. Paul George win off of him? No. But Paul George can play off of him. You know what I mean? Um, I say win. I didn't, mean, like, championship. Not like I'm win. like, he, I mean, like, it's not like they did it last year. I know. But, but then, but then, I don't think, I don't think Kawhi 
which, you know, if Walter Westbrook on that team, Kawhi is the number one player. Like, he is. I don't think Kawhi, in a team that Kawhi is on, needs a point guard like Russell Westbrook. Like, I think that I think they need different... Like, Russell Westbrook, like we said, is an ultimate hustle player. He will get points, rebounds, assists. He will, he will do everything. Kawhi teams, where he's successful, they have individuals who do certain things, right? They have individuals who know their own games and stick to their spots. You know what I mean? Like, you have their centers that act like centers. The point guards, they act like point guards. The power forwards, they act like, like he don't, he never, he, he's never won on a team where everybody's doing too much. The issue that I think they had last year is that, one, I think they took the, I think they took a lot of the grind of like the regular season. I think they took a lot for granted. Let's just say that. I think they took a lot for granted. Um, and I also think that, they had a lot of players who just didn't know their role. They want like I was listening to the um, I was listening to uh, Gilbert Arenas's podcast, and he was like, "When you look at the Clippers at the end of the game, who's taking the who's taking the final shot? You want to say Kawhi, but a lot of the times Kawhi didn't take the shot at the end of the game, and that's one example of people knowing the knowing. That's one example of people knowing their roles. You know what I mean?" And I just think the that the Clippers didn't know enough of their roles last year in terms of role players. So I don't think Westbrook would is like the the answer, I guess. But Westbrook probably needs to honestly. Westbrook probably I don't. If I had to think about it off the top of my head, real quickly, I I don't know the perfect situation for Westbrook in twenty twenty. Like right now, I don't know the perfect situation for him to be the most successful. Uh, I just I I think a lot of the situations in the on NBA teams are kind of the same, like not not necessarily the same, but like they they have a direction they're going in, and I don't know where Westbrook could just be placed there, and all of a sudden, boom, they're getting better. Like if Drew Holiday wasn't in Milwaukee, you could make the argument for Milwaukee, but. They got Drew Holiday now, and he's going to – defensively, he makes way more sense than what Buster does. You know what I mean? So I'm not quite sure where he could just be dropped off, and it would be like a uh, automatic benefit. Obviously – and I'm not talking about, like, the Hornets or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm talking about, like, teams that actually matter. Right. It all depends on what you measure success by. Because if you're talking about winning the championship, that margin is very slim. Mm-hmm. I mean, last thing is – I mean – Westbrook championship, like Westbrook's med- success for Westbrook is championship. Um, uh, he, Westbrook's been in the league long enough, and he's had enough success that he can't just like successful. A Westbrook team is not first round of the playoffs or make the playoffs, first round of the playoffs, or the finals or the the Western Conference Finals or Eastern Conference Finals. It's the finals. Like Westbrook needs to win a chip, especially since he's already been there. You know what I mean? Harden, same thing. Harden needs to win a championship. Like, like KD already did, even though you don't, people don't like the way he did it, including me, he did at the end of the day. You know what I mean? He, he, at the end of the day, he won a championship. But these guys are on that same level, just needs to win a championship. So anything under that is not a success. That's fair. Um... Quick question. 
I saw something that suggested that the Nuggets were going to, were thinking about using Bowl Bowl as a three. Um, what are your thoughts? Sign me up, baby. Sign you up. Sign me up. Sign me up. Hear me out. It would be a spectacle, right? Um, that's why I'm always here. Sign me up for it. I want to. I want to see. I want to see the giant do it. He showed that he could do it in like small spurts during the bubble. As a three, we we've already seen the shot creation. I want to see Bobo try it. Great. We've been watching Bobo do this on like lower circuits for almost ten years. I want to see him try it. I just want to see him try it. Doing it in the bubble when like people were resting for the playoffs. So so playoffs hit, he didn't get no clock. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to see him try it. That's I'm it. fine with it. Uh, are they trying to win? I'm not sure it's a good idea. But if they want to just have like a fun time and like have the fans have a fun time, it's seventy five. It's seventy five game season. At least ten games is about having fun. It's about trying stuff. That come on, bro. Championship like the Nuggets, man. The Nuggets are different. No, it's seventy five games. You don't need to win all seventy five to win a championship. The Nuggets need to work as hard as they can to win a championship. If you can maximize Bowl Bowl, or he just like figures it out, where he can get you a consistent ten points a game with that size, he would be useful. I don't, I don't I, see it happening. You, you need to listen. Listen to me, Bowl okay. Bowl. I understand that Bowl Bowl is a project. Let him get his confidence, even if it does not work as a three. Let him get his confidence off. Even if we have to move him to the four, if he has those skills, come on, guys. What are, what are we doing? Alan, 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 this Alan, game. Alan, think about some of the small fours in the NBA. He's not going to gain no confidence playing because these dudes because they're going to kill him. Shut up, Philip. I know that. <laughs> like They're going to kill this man. People, bro. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, you're saying, you're saying, how this man going to beat up at the four, too. He's going to every position. He's a, he's a boy. But at, least he's not, but at least he's not getting cooked by people his own age. Yes. Like, you're getting cooked by – he look, if he plays a four, he's getting cooked way less than at the three. At the four, he's getting cooked by yeah. LeBron James, all, all, arguably the greatest player of all time. Carmelo why Anthony. Put, why would you put – but you would not put Bull Bull to guard LeBron James. No. That's, no. That's LeBron that's James would. But the issue is – LeBron James, LeBron, look, if it's a regular season, if it's a regular season game, if it's a regular season game, we know LeBron in the last four years, he ain't playing no defense, so he can be like, all right, I guess I guard Bobo, and he gonna make him look crazy still. Like, like he's still gonna make him look crazy, no, because he, feels, said, he knows he's gonna have a break. They did not say start him at the three. He will be the main three. He said they will play him at the three. They got to play the Knicks. They got to play the Hornets. They got to play boo-boo teams. Let him play the three against the boo-boo teams and get his confidence up. Gordon Hayward will cook this man. And I don't even like Gordon Hayward like that, but Gordon Hayward would Who's definitely cook this. Who's backing up Gordon Hayward? Huh? Who's backing up Gordon Hayward? Do you know the answer to this? Or? I don't know the answer. No. That was like, okay, I don't know. Why not Bull Dry gets the dude we don't know? Uh, we'll uh, see. He's just so skinny that I don't know where you could put him at. See exactly. Why are you trying to put him at the four? So okay. So seriousness, I I'm more interested to see how it works out than I was when I asked the question. But like, <laughs> if we're being real about it, yeah, he's too. Like the thing is, he's 
he's like too skinny and also a bit too much of a big man to really work perfectly at any spot. You put him at the center, he's going to get himself hurt. You put him at the four, he's going to get himself hurt. You put him at the three, he's still probably going to get himself hurt, but he might get some blocks. Um, no, he put a three, he'll get his ankles. Listen, can you imagine Bobo trying to guard Jason Tatum? He will get his ankles snatched. Why do Jason you think Tatum's he's guarding so- Jason Tatum? What? Why do you think he's going to be... Why do you think they're going to play him against Jason Tatum at the three? That's a terrible match. At some point, he's going to have to switch on this You think he's playing against the Celtics? He do. He's going to play against on. the Celtics. In the, in the heat of the game, we talk... You really think they're going to play him against, who, the, who, in the, against the Celtics? Who from the Celtics is guarding uh, Bobo? <laughs> Wait, you said who from the Celtics is guarding Bobo? Yes. All, all the Celtics big men are not mobile enough. It's an issue. He's not like, weird. Thompson, Thompson would be the four, and he's not mobile enough to guard him. I would like, make an argument. Okay, question. That's what you put Because, like, I haven't seen Bobo play like that. And, like, in my last evaluation of seeing him, which was he was in, like, college, I think. I caught a couple games. was, like, I didn't. Like, people talk about his ball handling. I didn't like it. I've been, I've now recently figured out why I didn't like it. Because he doesn't get down on the ball. It should actually be fairly easy to pick him if someone mans up on him on the outside. Um, but, like, dang, what was I even trying to say? I, there was a point I was getting at. Um, but, like, the thing is, like, part of the issue with Bowl Bowl really playing any of the spots that he is – qualified for when he won't get himself absolutely embarrassed um, or, like, just, like, picked off immediately and give some dude an open lane to the goal, to the goal um, is that, like, crap, I can't remember what I'm trying to say for life of me right now. <laughs> so you had a lot of filler words trying to pick yourself out. Okay, so I noticed you know, that. It's like I had a point somewhere. I lost it fairly early in the process. Filler words are trying to figure your point now as you were going along. And then you just couldn't get it. That's funny. That's funny. Oh, yeah. Like, the thing is that <laughs> even the, like, even a lot of the dudes as the, as the backups at these positions are much bigger and stronger than him. Like, they're not taller than him. Very few players are. But, like, they can bully him. They can, they can, they can bully him either, like, just go through him or go around him. Um, and, like, I, I could be wrong. I don't think he can play perimeter defense. And, like, I'm not sure, especially at the three, if he has the athleticism to, like, come back and get somebody who's beating him off the dribble. Now, maybe I'm I'm, I'm not giving enough credit. He can't do that against the upper crust. Okay. Like, like we talked about, like, a top 20 starter in in uh, at the three. No, probably not. Can't do it. Can't do it. It's not, yeah. For his sake, I kind of hope he lives in the weight room for like the next two years. Listen, he's lived in the weight room for the last two years, and you can see no difference. <laughs> like, like, like get stronger though, which is a question I don't have the answer to. I don't know because when you all watched him play this past uh, season, especially in the bubble times, well, of course, in the bubble times, other times playing G League, but in the bubble time, he didn't play. He played like he how he plays. Is he's super finesse, like he's. He plays like he's he's from Europe in 2003. Like he 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 don't have any kind of aggression to his game or any kind of physicality to his game. Um, he's just a big man who was allowed to shoot a lot of threes growing up. It looked like 
and then he stuck to that, which isn't, which that blame can be placed on anybody because like, it, yeah, he's good at his, excuse me, he's good, he's good at it. He's good at it in middle school, good at it in high school, good at it in college. But then like, if you're true about it and want to go to NBA, that wasn't going to translate as easy as every other level before that. You know what I mean? So I'm not, I don't know. He He's going to be fine in the NBA, but if he doesn't change certain things up in his game and or get more physical or have more of a physical presence, I'll say, then he might end up being a journeyman. He won't be in like, a, in like, a, in like he won't be like in like the G League or whatever. You know what I mean? Because um, he's too skilled for that. Uh, but in the league, he might. He, I don't think he's most successful on the Nuggets in the first place. I just think that he happened to fall to the Nuggets or fall so low, the Nuggets couldn't help but take him, to, to, be, to be perfectly honest, in the draft. But I think at some point, he's going to be most successful on a different team. Um, I feel like his most successful on a different team is not going to be because he isn't good. It's going to be because... <clears throat> Is it going to be because the Nuggets are just too deep for him to really get some shots? Right. Too deep. I so here's the thing though. I would think like on a like in an like an ideal world with the Nuggets, Bowl gets to the gets to a point where like he's good enough to start alongside the other dudes we tend to think about when we think about the Nuggets. That yeah. said, it would require him to like add, even if he doesn't add much weight, he like adding strength. Which probably means he needs to hit up whoever like, tr- like helped KD. Um, but like, because the thing is, I think he he has a kind of skill set where he can play with and off of all of those other dudes, even if he's not necessarily the guy. Um, but and like, I think I mentioned I've mentioned at some point before that like I think his passing is better than people like give it credit for. Like I, I've never really seen people talk about it. Um, and so, like, in that respect, like, he might be able to be just fine with the Nuggets. Um, now, if you want to see him, like, put up, like, 20 and 10 or something, he's going to have to go to another team, like, consistently. Like, he's going to have to go to another team. Like, that's not, that's not optional. The Nuggets already have their biggest players, which isn't to say, like, he couldn't come in and, like, do that on, in one random season or something. But, like, it's just, like, they already have, Murray and Jokic and um, Michael Porter Jr., who, if he figures defense out, will be able to consistently start games, and they might start him anyway. He's gonna uh, he, Michael Porter Jr. is gonna be like Michael. One, he's a better fit for the Nuggets than Bobo. But two, Michael Porter Jr. is gonna legitimately be a very he's, he's gonna be an All Star player in the NBA if he yeah. stays healthy. Like you know, obviously, right? But he's mm-hmm. going. To, he's nice. And he's like, and he yeah. and he has more of a, more of a position, uh, offensively and defensively. If he gets, you know, if, if he just wants to play defense, right? Then Bobo, uh, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. is like the Nuggets just have so many nice players. Is it is a thing? But and, they're just a little too deep. Well, that's fair, but I think they also let Tory Craig walk as well. Um, he did too. I think they just didn't have the money for him or something. I think I saw, um, but like. Also, I think Porter Jr. will get, like, at least halfway decent on defense. And for another reason, and because in the bubble, it looked like he cared about defense. He was hot garbage at it, 
but he tried. And, like, you can, like, that's a good starting point. Um, you, oh, yeah, they also got, um, what's it, R.J. Hampton, I think, like, they traded for him. They did. At the draft, which is, just adds to the whole depth and whatever. Um, and, like, he's probably going to get minutes. He's not going to start, of course, but you don't need him to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. But it'll like seeing Bowl like play whatever position will be fun if nothing else. Hopefully, he doesn't get himself hurt. Um, but it'll be fun. Yeah. Um. Also, the wait. I want to be like the college season's about to start up, but like a bunch. I've also I'm also aware that a bunch of games got can't like openers got canceled and stuff. I got a I got an email from KU today. And there are no, not an email. Can you sit out a tweet talking mm-hmm. about the attendance for the games, all kind of stuff, and how um, I don't know if every other team's doing it this way, but they're not going to have any fans until they know for a fact they're not having any fans until the first week, or the even including the first week of December. And then after that, they're going to go week by week because. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the news, but like the COVID vaccines, now all of a sudden they got three of them uh, that are. That's the third one? Dude, there's a third one that came out today from Oxford. Because it, obviously, when one came out, there's going to be more that came after that because they're going to follow the blueprint of that first one. And um, a third one came out from Oxford like today or yesterday or something like that. And they're all. At this moment, in like the trials, 90, 90% and above, one being 95%. And with that being the case, and it seems like, and like, it seems like the, what does it say, health officials might get the, their turn for the vaccine first, obviously, um, in like mid December. So, with that being the case, a lot of these, you know, colleges are looking for, are looking, are paying close attention to that. And so they're just doing it week by week now instead of saying, you know, this month we're not doing anything or, you know, this two weeks we're not doing anything. So I'm not, I know Kay's doing it like that, but I'm not sure if any other school is. Um, what was it? I think um, I saw something. Rick Barnes, the coach at uh, Tennessee, got COVID. Um, I don't think he's even the only person, I, like only like basketball person I've heard of about like having COVID. Um, they had it. Oh, yeah, Izzo had it. Um, there was another big-time coach that had it, too, recently. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on that. I'm, like, I'm sure, and I probably, and I might have just missed it, but I can't think of it right now. Um, but it's, okay, for college season, to the degree that, like, there's going to be one, given, like, you know, the pandemic. Um, like, what are y'all looking forward to? My biggest thing is always... Uh, <clears throat> actually, is the Big 12 in general. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see what Kansas looks like. This is the first time that they've had a roster where... Um, like, yeah, they have, like, the returning guys, but I can't think of, like, a just one solid big name from Kansas. Philip, can you think of somebody who's supposed to just be like that dude from Kansas this year? Uh, no, they had a lot of uh, 
high-level recruits, or like two high-level recruits, one being from Kansas City himself, uh, and another one being from, he played for Mocan. I think he's from Columbia or something like that. Bryce, uh, <clears throat> Bryce Thompson? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have like, but like, but like, they're, they're, KU's gonna be KU. They're gonna be in the top five. They're gonna do really well, and they might have some people leave next year. But like, there's no one that's like, I'm hearing that's like the standout guy, you know, the, the Josh Jackson, the, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? But I'm super excited to see what the Big 12 turns out, and specifically Kansas, because I've always been a Kansas fan. But uh, Oklahoma State is going to be crazy this year with K. They've had, like, two or three really good recruiting classes back-to-back. They just got a ton of talent. Texas Tech is having is bringing in their best recruiting class ever. And depending on how the guys have a season this year, all of them are coming back next year, and we're talking about like a bunch of top 50 dogs. And then Baylor is going to be like super solid coming back off um, not getting it done in March because of COVID. So I just think that that like three horse race right there is going to be solid. So Big 12 country, babe, let's go. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not specifically looking forward to anything for the college season. Um, I'm more of the mindset they shouldn't be playing at all until everything's, you know, I mean, yeah. Of corrected. So with that being the case, I'm not literally looking forward to anything. Um, uh, so you know, I haven't really been paying. Also, I haven't really been paying much attention to what's like the ex- like going into the college season. What's like the expectations for like certain uh, teams and you know certain um, certain uh, colleges. I say teams, certain colleges and all kind of stuff. So uh, I think it'd just be an interesting. I think all basketball is just going to be an interesting thing to see happen, right? Especially post-bubble. Like, what's going to happen? And they're already having, they're already talking about having the uh, NCAA tournament in one city, in mm-hmm. Indianapolis. So, or, and that's like, the, and that not, you know, they're not definitely going to have it there, but they're probably going to have it there is the talk right now. So I think just seeing how the infrastructure of how this season is going to be is going to be really interesting to me. Yeah. Okay. Like, I completely understand it, like, they they really shouldn't be playing. Neither should football. You know that should basically yeah, right. say at this point. Um, but like as far as stuff I'm looking forward to to the since like it's already happening anyway. Like I like Gonzaga. I don't know why. I just kind of do. I think it's because like they're kind of a mid major. Like they don't really function as one at this point. But like they kind of like if if Mark Few were to disappear today or tomorrow, Gonzaga probably falls back to mid major. Like. Yeah. Almost overnight. Like um, Butler. I mean, <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, like Butler, Butler and Network. Suspect VCU. I mean, Butler tends to say halfway decent though, but like, it's that it's that whole thing, you know, that um, really players commit to coaches more so than schools. Yeah. Um, but like, I in fairness, I don't know that much about this team because most of the players I was familiar with. Went have gone pro at some point, um, but like I just I would like to see Gonzaga get a chip, um, but them of Memphis of course, um, what bringing in what Musa Cisse, uh, what D- DJ Jeffries is gonna be older and he's like he's basically he's basically instant offense, um, like it's it's gonna be a, like it's gonna be a good team. Um, 
Fam, because like I would like to see Fam do well. Howard, because was it they have a McCor- Maker McCor Maker or however that's pronounced. Yeah. Um, and like that's just gonna be fun to see unfold. Um, entertainment value and all that. Um, let's see who else. Jamie uh, Sings is another one to watch at Gonzaga, though. Okay. Yeah, they didn't they have a pretty solid recruiting class. Yeah, top <clears throat> top fifteen in the nation. Jalen Suggs is gonna be that dude. Um. Dang it! Who else? I know there was like one or two more teams. I was, oh, I'm interested in like how how Iona does, just because um, Rick Pitino is there. Yeah. And like that should be an interesting thing to watch over the next couple years, as like he builds that program up. Um. And, you know, hopefully folks don't get COVID, but, like, the ship's kind of already sailed. Have you had it? Oh, yeah. No. Have you had it, Alan? No. I'm talking about, wait, have no, you? No, like, I'm just curious. Have you had it? No. No. Yeah. Me neither. No. I've been tested twice. Yeah. Yukon Girl shut down today, though, because uh, outbreaks. Well... There shouldn't be sports. <laughs> it it shouldn't, bro. I don't like before I came here, I was uh watching a um high school basketball game with like ten division one recruits, and I feel weird watching it. Like I'm super excited to be watching basketball, but I'm just not sure. And I know for a fact at least one of those kids had COVID. It just shouldn't be a it just shouldn't like Sports are too much of a business, so it was going to happen, but it should, like, business shouldn't be the measuring stick. Making money shouldn't be the measuring stick. It should be, you know, these kids are playing with each other, yes, but these kids also got to go home. You don't know what their home's like. You don't know if their parents have pre-existing conditions. You don't know if they live with their grandparents who are older. You don't know if they live with older aunt. You don't know, you don't know their situations at all, but just because, like, it, and, like, like, you it, it like the, the kids just shouldn't be playing and it's not just kids adults shouldn't be playing either um the government should have stepped in had some kind of stipends for people to you know uh you can't play uh the school won't be making this much money so here's a little bit of money whatever but most <laughs> schools have enough money so they though this would this one year wouldn't make too much of a difference anyways but like 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 that ideally that, that's how it should have worked but everybody treats too. Everybody treats everything. When I say everybody, I mean like people in charge. Too many people of that status treat everything as a business and things, and that's not a good thing. And that's been exposed through this virus. And it's you know it's it's it's, it's irritating to me. Yeah. And uh, this guy who coaches middle school. So. <laughs> I believe we want to talk a little about some high school stuff. Um. If you still want to run through some prospects that you want to talk about, I will. I'll make it quick, mostly because, like, we've talked plenty. Um, I guess, first off, um, what, there was a, there were a couple high school games on ESPN, what, like two weeks ago now? Yeah. Um, and I caught them. It was, it was interesting. Um, let's see. What are the words I would like to use here? Uh, no, it's just like part of me is like pick it carefully, but also I I'm trying not to get names wrong. 
which I'll probably will at some point anyway. Um, but it was because what? Um, what? There's a game. Chet Holgram was in uh, his te- like his team played against uh, Amani Bates, and like that was my first time actually seeing Amani Bates, and like I, I don't like hype. I don't like hype because like you will hear hype and and like it almost doesn't matter like how good the player is you will see them and to a certain degree they will disappoint um which isn't even to say like someone will be bad you can be amazing but uh, but like you will hear the hype and it's just you'll see the player and like even if you're like I understand the hype it's kind of like this doesn't quite line up and I felt a little bit of that with Bates. Not that he's not good. He was kind of serious, and they kept emphasizing this is kind of a bad game. In a game where he put up 35. Um, and I'm just like, this is a bad game. Good Lord. But um, and what him and his team lost because his teammates didn't show up as much as Holgram's did. Um, Holgram, in case someone is unaware, is one of the, like the, I guess depending on where you look, one of the top two recruits out of the 2021 class. Um, he is seven feet tall, apparently under 200 pounds. Um, he is a boy. He is but, tiny. But, like, he can play. He's, I have to say, I am not high on Chet as a NBA prospect because mainly I just – I'm not a big fan of his body. He's really small, and I do not know how much muscle you can put on a frame that small. Just like looking at his shoulders, he's not he's not wide, but that may be the most productive uh, player in the country. Just like oh, like every every time he comes out, bro. No, have you seen? Chia? Look at Chia. Oh, oh, I do right. Super game, super game. He oh, I do. Three? Yeah. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he, he's been like pretty. Uh, pres- like he's pretty. He's been presented at a high level for like a couple years now. Yeah, and every time, every time he's played on national, like played like on big stages, he produces, and I like that. Like I'm talking about like crazy numbers, but seven foot one, and you're really good, and you're agile. You are going to have those numbers. I also, I think he's going to be really good at in college. Um. Just really interested to see how that body transfers to NBA. He's a senior. He's going where? Uh, I think he's still undecided, right? He's probably going to Kentucky. My knowledge, yeah. I don't know if he's going to Kentucky. Um, he might choose G League. According to twenty four seven, the like the teams he seems like he's most likely going to go to are Gonzaga, Michigan, and Minnesota for. Yeah. Some reason, Minnesota. Yeah. If you, if I had to lean, I think he's going to Minnesota. That's like where he's from, and I think like being close to home, but still having a college experience is going to be super important to that kid. There's, there's something valuable in that. Because yeah. he, he got family and stuff. Who, that's, that's a tad bit older. I believe he like lives with his his grandma. So I think that is, that's going to be super important, especially but with COVID and whatnot. If I have to just. Dis- Describe him for you, Phil. Like he he plays how people say bowl bowl plays. People um, say. 
No, I, no, no. I know the kid. I've seen him play before, and he plays just like that. And people love. I mean, that body type, that style, is getting put like got put on by KD essentially, right? And people are in love with that style because you know House of Highlights has them on their Instagram and all that kind of stuff, but. When you're talking about actual basketball people and will it and will it produce in the long run, then that's a completely different question. I, I don't well, know. I, mean, I have a bit more confidence in him filling his frame out than Allen does. I don't think he'll ever be like massive. Like if you were hoping to turn him into like a football player or like a bodybuilder for some reason, I don't really think that's gonna happen. But like he could fill out like he can get stronger like KD did and like he'll be fine. He's more of a, like, while he is, like, those perimeter skills, and, like, part of why, and, like, I was saying, like, I realized why I didn't like how Bo Bo handled the ball is because it was Chet Holgram gets down on the ball when he dribbles. Um, like, more, like, you know, fundamental ball handling type stuff. But he's got more of a, he he, he does kind of have a big man's game, even though, like, he'll, he can hit those threes and, t- like, take people off the dribble. But, like, he's also fairly comfortable, like, down low. He, he just doesn't really need to be there. He also is a teammate who's, like, 5'9", who's automatic from three, which, you know, helps everything. Yeah. Um, who else was it? Uh, Jaden Hardy. Oh, hey, Jaden Hardy. He, he's a problem. Hey, that's high school basketball's name, Lillard, bro. That's fair. That's fair. Um, dang it, let me see if I can find. Because he has a teammate who is a point guard who I I like his game a lot. Because, yeah. like, th- during that entire game, he was all the hustle plays and all the defense. He was in there. He would, he saved balls just to throw, like, just to, like, throw outlet passes for the, for the breakaway dunk or something. And it's just, he yeah. never stopped playing. It was. Beautiful, but Frankie like Collins. who? Frankie Collins. He's going to Michigan. Frank, yes. Um, and what? Um, like Hardy, just he makes shots. He makes shots. Um, like he, he's a bit. He, like I guess he's been working. Like there's like he worked on his frame, so like he's a bit. Like he he he's not just like super skinny or anything. Um, but like he. He's kind of a problem. Um, on what on the other side of the ball, there was Armani Bailey. Like it was a, like the, the team was younger in general, but it was like Armani Armani Bailey, um, what Chance Westry. Um, well, what was the big man's name? Crap. Uh, but they also had Bronny James. Um, it was like they kind of just got outplayed. Like, not even in, like, a they're bad way, but, like, they're younger, and it kind of showed. Yeah. Um, and Bailey is also kind of a problem, though not, like, Hardy is. Because, um, like, he, he can fill it up quickly, too. He's a pretty solid passer. Um, Westry, I've mentioned him before. He's uh, just... I'm kind of high on him. I, like, they had him off ball a lot, I kind of think. 
like wherever he goes next level, he'd be better off playing point guard. Um, that's just my personal take, I guess. But like, it's also like he's six four and you're six six. You you kind of have to go on the wing. Um, but because he's he's got re- he's a really good passer and he can find a way to score. Um, but again, Hardy just he 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 won the game for his team. Just it shot after shot, pretty much. Um, what? Oh, there was a game with um, what's his name? Uh, Mikey Williams. Uh, yeah. Mikey Williams. That that's that uh that that kid who says is going to HBCU, right? So that's him. Okay. I hope, uh, hope, he, hope they hope he uh sticks to his word, but he also is fifteen, so we'll see. I let that man have his day when that happened. <laughs> I, I don't. Well, maybe it's just because a lot of the kit players I was looking at were older than him, I believe. Um, but like, at least in the one game I saw. Granted, I think he was playing against like, what was it like Oak Hill or something? Yeah. Um. So you know they are kind of a, anyway. Um, it's like, I, I probably need to look at him more. Are you talking about Mikey? Yeah. Like, I don't think he's bad or anything. I, I just, again, maybe it's just the whole hype thing. And it's just like, you get a bad impression of what stuff is supposed to, like, how players are supposed to, like, how good players are in terms of, like, where they're actually at and not just, like, maybe relative to other players or what have you. I don't know. I'm just always weary of high school players who are considered like that guy or that one in like the ninth grade because very few sports can you do that with and be successful and like soccer is like the only one really uh where you can like predict somebody's like career or how Mm -hmm. good they're gonna be from such a young age and i've seen it way way more times in basketball where that turns out to not be the case and it turns out to be the case Uh, i'm always worried about it I mean, I don't think it really applies to soccer too much either, but, like, for different reasons than basketball. Um, but, I mean, like... I mean, it, I don't say it's soccer because it's, like, a known thing in soccer, you know, in Europe kind of stuff, that, like, they will recruit a kid and they will have their eye on a kid when the kid's, like, 11 because they can, like, tell... I'm not soccer, you know, I'm not a soccer person, but, like, I have a lot of I have cousins who are, like, really, really big in it, like, the soccer world. And, like, they can tell from a very, very young age, like, certain ways kind of stuff, that that kid's going to be good. And more times than not, that kid actually turns out to be good at an older age. But, like, basketball is not the exact same way. So I'm always weary about, you know, them talking about 14-year-olds and how they're going to be this, that, whatever. Because I've always seen, like, I've seen way more times where it's just not the case than what it is. Yeah. Yeah, if you ever notice, they don't say they're going to be NBA stars. They'll say things like with Imani Bates, they're the best prospect that we've seen since LeBron James. Like it's it's like sugar coating like around the corner, but like that Mikey Williams game, that was a that was just like a really bad game for him. Like I wanna say they they did something with the border league, probably like uh two weeks or so maybe like a month before that 
and Mikey Williams looked a lot better there. Like, um, all the stuff that you, like, see from, like, the highlights, mm-hmm. that's kind of, like, how he plays. Like, it's it's a lot of athleticism. It's a lot of goal. Um, I think, like, a underrated part of his game is how good of a passer he is. And... And it's really, like, in transition that you can see it. But, like, him in the half court, like, he understands how to manipulate defenses and whatnot. Like, the highlight stuff is the highlight stuff, but it's it's a lot more cerebral than that. And then he uh, he has a teammate who's also a sophomore, Trey Green. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I like him. Trey Green a problem, bro. But at least in that one game, like, he – he was like he was trying to force too much, like he was trying to score more than he probably should have. But I like this game though. Yeah. Like there's, like both of them are gonna probably like they're gonna be just fine. Oh yeah. Uh, um, in news stuff that wasn't televised, um, you know I looked at the what Rocky Top Hoop Fest uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, so real quick, uh, Moravian Prep. I'm assuming I'm, I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly. Just, Moravian, all to say. Well, it's the 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 whole like the whole team looks 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 pretty good, like um, and there was okay so what one player and, and like I think he's got offers from among other places I think like Clemson and Auburn, uh, Corey Richardson, like his his finishes around the rim are just very very satisfying to watch like it all just looks super easy. Like, it leaves his fingers, and it looked like there was no real effort put in. Um, but, but like, what, he was also, like, he's also fairly athletic, solid in transition, um, decent passing. But also just, like, the team in general is pretty solid at passing. Um, like, their front court is a Jaquez Schuler and a Cornelius Williams. One is, what, seven, what, it's, like, seven feet and, like, 6'10", respectively. They're... Very good big men. Um, Williams is more like passing and whatever. Not like he's he's and like he's probably not about to try and like do a chase down block. Will, um, well, no correction. Schuler will not pro- do that. Williams he might. Um, like he might want to look at them. I like really the whole team is probably is fairly noteworthy if I'm honest. Um, and then from and what like Life Christian Academy. Has a uh, and a a Teshi Shantalu. I probably messed up both. Actually, I probably messed up both names. Yeah. He's. I think he's committed to Iona. He's mostly an. You know those players are like they're mostly an athlete. Yeah. Like there's a little bit of skill there, but like most of what you do is like you can like outrun and out jump people. That's kind of him at the moment. Um, he's also kind of like how I would how I described um, what um, Lawson a couple times, where it's like you can see like a couple of like putting on some like getting it in the gym, like help his game, like under some under the bar and everything. Not as much as Lawson because of the whole like not as much skill, but. It's similar. Um, and another player, Kennard Richardson, he, his shooting is solid. 
he can get to the rim, got good ball handling, really good passing. Actually kind of struggles to finish at the rim, but, like, he'll also, like, stay with his own shot. So, like, in, which is probably more helpful at high school than it will be whenever he goes to college, just because in college there will be dudes 6'9 and 6'10 who are going to stay with his shot with him. Um, but, like, I think I also saw him, because like, they played Moravian and kind of struggled a little bit against, like, those more athletic guards. Um, but, yeah, that's that's most of what I have to report at the moment, so. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, I just really just followed the Pango circuit for, like, the past uh, month or so. So, but the latest event that I covered was the All-American Festival. And um, so we were talking about, like, 30 of the top seniors or so out there. I just talk about, like, five that really caught my eye. Uh, Paulo Benchero, uh, the person I like as the number one player for the class of 2021. Uh, anytime you got a dude that's, like, built well at 6'9", that can create his own shot and looks like he can play both forward positions, sign me up. Um, at times, he looked like he could do the point forward thing. So I'm all into that. Nolan Hickman, who's going to uh, Kentucky. We're talking about like six foot three Tyler Eulis, bro. Like that's the only thing I could I could think of while I was watching this game. It was like so smooth, could get a shot off when he wanted, like dropping stuff off and just like a beautiful mid range game. Mid range game. Alex Fudge um, out of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, just a big time athlete. We're talking about like six eight, um, scare, uh, scoring at all three levels. And it's, like, like raw athleticism is, like, really pushing him. Like, he is skilled, but he's just kind of doing whatever he wants. And I think there's going to be a lot of – there's a lot of upside there. And then uh, Caden Perry. Uh, Y'all know what it's like. (laughs) Bro, Caden Perry's, like, 6'8", 230. (laughs) And he's just a wrecking ball. Like, all he does is finish at the rim. He's stronger than you. He's going to out-rebound you. He's going to make you look bad. And then uh, Michael <laughs> Michael Foster, uh, top 10 in the country, plays in Arizona. Um, just barrel chest 6'9", dude, and he is going to dunk everything through your chest, and you're just going to have to deal with it. And that's exactly what he did. The entire game. And then uh, top five in the country, Jabari Smith. Um, dude just reminds me of Rashard Lewis. Like 6'10", can really space the floor, good rebounder. Uh, just like a solid overall athlete. He was committed to Auburn, but y'all see what happened to Auburn today. <laughs> <sighs> so we can see <laughs> what's up there. Uh, I could see him being another dude that takes like that G League contract if uh, Auburn does not work it out. Um, well, oh yeah, um, Mason Miller just committed to Creighton. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it. I don't have any more to comment about it. Like, what he's like a six nine forward. Like he can he can play a little bit, even though it like took me a couple games to see it. Um, 
so you know, good get and all that. And of course, he can probably like he, he should be developed into a pretty good shot if for no other reason than like you know who his father is. So yeah. But uh, if that's everything, I think we're about ready to wrap. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, thank y'all for listening to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers. I am your host, Aloe. And uh, I guess y'all could wrap up so we can get out of here. Um, you know, Calvin McGowan, it's good to, you know, be doing this again. It was it was not also nice to have a break. Um, if you're seeing this on YouTube, you know, um, like, share, and subscribe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I fill up. Um, uh, yeah, follow me and everything. I think my Instagram is uh, six five underscore Phil underscore Bill. Twitter six five Wizard of Mo, and all TikTok. <laughs> I think I don't know. I can't remember what. Uh, something like that. Follow me because you know. Uh, and that's about it though. Uh, we ended the dough the bird. <laughs>